My name is Rick Renner, and today I'm seated on the cliffs just above the Dead Sea. And when I look at this location, I think of the judgment of God. A great judgment occurred here upon the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. The Bible tells us about that in 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 6. Listen to what it says. And turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overthrow, making them an example unto those that after should live ungodly. When the Bible says that the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah were turned into ashes, that word ashes is the same Greek word that was used by the Roman historian Diocasius when he described the volcano Mount Vesuvius. And Diocasius recorded that the top of Vesuvius became so brittle that eventually the whole top of the mountain collapsed and it was swallowed into the throat of the volcano. It just disappeared. That is the same word Peter uses to describe what happened to Sodom and Gomorrah. This entire region became so hot with fire and brimstone until like Vesuvius, it eventually collapsed and was swallowed into the earth. That's why this is the lowest place on the planet. This is a leftover. This is a reminder of what happens when the judgment of God comes. And in fact, Peter goes on to say, he used this as an example unto those who afterward would live ungodly. That word example, the Greek word hupodegma, is really the old Greek word for a sculptor's small scale model. Before a sculptor makes the big statue, the big sculpture, he first begins with a little model. He perfects the model, and when he's finished with his model, then he enlarges it to make the real statue. According to the Bible, Sodom and Gomorrah is just a prototype. It was just the model of what is coming in the future for those that are ungodly. We need to know what the Bible says about judgment because judgment is definitely coming in the future. And today I'm going to talk to you about God's judgment of Sodom and Gomorrah. Stay tuned for a teaching you can trust, a message that will inspire, strengthen, and equip you with vital insights and understanding from the Word of God. Here is Rick. My name is Rick Renner, and I want to thank you for joining me. Today I'm starting a brand new five-part series called How to Intercede for Those Who Are in Trouble. Do you know anyone that's in trouble? How about a daughter? Are you concerned about your daughter or your son? Or maybe your grandchildren? Or maybe you look at what your spouse is doing and you wonder what in the world are they doing? Or maybe you have a Christian friend, you're watching them make really bad decisions, and you know if they keep doing what they're doing and go in the direction that they're going in right now, they're really going to end up in trouble. And you've tried to speak to all of these people, and it seems that your words are having no effect. What do you do when you see someone who's in trouble, someone who's headed in the wrong direction, and they don't seem to want to listen to you, what should you do? That's what we're going to talk about in this series. Really, we're going to be talking about the power of intercession because intercession can change everything. And I'm going to show you from Scripture that Lot in the Old Testament started out right, but he got off track. In fact, he ended up in a place where he was going to be destroyed because of wrong decisions, but he was saved because of the intercession of his uncle 
Abraham. That is how much power you have when you stand before the Lord and intercede for people who are in trouble. There is hope if you'll do your part in intercession. And if you need somebody to pray with you for those that are in trouble or for anything that's on your heart, contact us. We would love to pray with you. We believe in prayer and we'll put our prayers together with yours. I'm offering you my series right now, which is called How to Intercede for People Who Are in Trouble. It's a five-part series comes in multiple formats just filled with vital information and a study guide that you will love. I'm also offering you for the very first time a book by my wife, Denise. This book is small, but it is loaded. You know, sometimes power comes in small packages and this is a little book, but it is powerful. The name of the book is The Gift of Forgiveness. The back of the book says, have you spent a great deal of time praying for someone in your life to change, yet you've seen little or no results? And what about your own spiritual walk? Do you seem to keep hitting an invisible wall that keeps you from moving on in God? If your answer to either of these questions is yes, then Denise has an answer for you that you need to hear. God has forgiveness for you. There may be something invisible that's holding you back from the answers that you're seeking. You may need to experience the gift of forgiveness. This book is just marvelous. I recommend it and I give it to people all the time. But today we're going to jump right into the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter 12. So I've got my Bible. Do you have your Bible? You need your Bible when you join me for my program. Get a cup of coffee, get something to drink, and let's dive in together. And today we're going to begin in Genesis chapter 12. And when we come to Genesis chapter 12, God has spoken to Abraham and has called Abraham and Sarah out of the Ur of the Chaldees to follow him into the land of promise. And today we're going to pick this story up in Genesis chapter 12 and verse 5. Listen to what the Bible says. And Abraham took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son. Now he was not told to bring Lot, but he brought Lot. This really was a mistake, which I discuss in my book, which is called The Will of God, The Key to Your Success. You should order that book. It is a powerful book. But the reason he brought Lot is because Abraham and Sarai had no children. This was their only possible heir. They loved Lot. He was like a son to them. So they gathered up Lot and they brought Lot with them when they began their walk of faith. But what I want you to see is when Abraham began his walk of faith with Sarah, Lot was there. Which when, when Abraham took his first steps of faith, Lot was there taking the first steps of faith with him. In fact, when Abraham came home and announced to the family that God had appeared to him in Ur of the Chaldees, Lot was there. Lot was there the day that Abraham was converted. Lot was there the day that faith came to the home, the day that faith came to the family. Lot was living under this very strong spiritual influence. And when Abraham began his walk of faith, Lot was with him, taking every step with him. So Lot understood revelation. He understood God. He understood what it was to walk with faith. He was there with Abraham taking the same steps of faith. That is so very important. Look at verse 6. And Abraham passed through the land, under the place of Shechem, under the plain of Morah, and the Canaanite was then in the land. Well, the Canaanite, this refers to the giants that were in the land. This was an attempt of the enemy to scare Abraham out of his calling. You need to know that when you begin your walk of faith, the devil will try to put up a front to stop you. 
When Abraham saw the Canaanite, he could have run back home. But instead of running back home, the next verse tells us what he did. Verse 7, And the Lord appeared unto Abraham and said, Unto thy seed will I give this land. And there builded he an altar unto the Lord who appeared unto him. You know what I find from that verse? When you're in trouble and you're taking a step of faith, and you run up against something hard, that's when God will show up. God showed up at a critical moment when Abram needed to be encouraged. When he saw the giants, he had a revelation. And when you see giants, when you see something trying to stop you, that's when God wants to reveal himself in his goodness to you to keep you on track. But notice, Abram builded an altar unto the Lord and called upon his name. Well, building an altar was quite a strenuous feat. You had to gather a lot of stones. You had to build the altar. And it is for sure, Abram didn't do it by himself. Lot was there. Lot was a young man. Lot was strong. Lot was there with Abram. And when Abraham began gathering the stones to build the altar, who do you think was there gathering the stones with him? Lot. Lot was there when Abram came home and declared he was converted. Lot was there when Abram began the walk of faith and took every step with his uncle Abram. When they came into the land of promise and Abram had a vision, then began to build the altar, Lot was there. Lot helped gather the stones as they built an altar and as a family, they called on the name of the Lord. This was a family event. This was Abraham and everyone that was with him. And together they were calling on the name of the Lord. And Lot was right there among them. I'm building a foundation because I want you to see how Lot began compared to how he ended. Let's continue. Then we go to Genesis chapter 13 and verse 1. Through a series of events, Abraham ended up in the land of Egypt. And when he was in the land of Egypt, Abram made a mistake. He asked Sarah to pretend that she was his sister because he knew that Pharaoh would want her because she was so beautiful. And the Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 12 that Pharaoh took her. And when Pharaoh discovered this really was Abram's wife, he sent her back home and blessed Abraham with all kinds of gold and silver and sheep and cattle and livestock and then sent Abram away out of the land of Egypt. This leads us to Genesis chapter 13, verse 1. Look what the Bible says. And Abram went up out of Egypt, he and his wife and all that he had, and Lot with him into the south. But notice Lot is still there, which means Lot was in Egypt when Abram and Sarah and the whole clan experienced the protective hand of God. Lot saw God protect them. Lot saw the mercy of God. In fact, in these chapters, the Lord, this word in Hebrew is the word Hashim, which primarily describes the merciful nature of God. He saw the merciful God being merciful to Abraham. Even though Abram made a mistake, even though Abram did what was God, he saw Hashim denoting mercy. God, the Lord, was merciful to them. He saw the protective hand of God while they were in Egypt. And not just the protective hand of God, he saw the financial blessing of God because when they left Egypt, they left rich. Well, they were rich when they went into Egypt, but when they came out of Egypt, they were even richer. So now again we see Lot walking in faith with Abraham, building an altar with Abraham, experiencing Hashim, the merciful God with Abraham who protected them, who financially blessed them. Lot has experienced so much of the hand of God in his early walk of faith. 
And the Bible says again in verse 1, Abram went up out of Egypt, he and his wife, and all that he had, and Lot with him. Then look at verse 2, and Abram was very rich in cattle, and silver, and gold. This was the blessing of God working in his life. Verse 3, and he went on his journeys from the south, even unto Bethel, unto the place where his tent had been at the beginning, between Bethel and Hai, unto the place of the altar, where he had first there built an altar and called upon the name of the Lord. I think this is interesting, because when Abraham got back on track, he went back to where he got off track. Sometimes you have to do that. Abraham went back to the altar where he first called on the name of the Lord. He got off track. He made a mistake. He went into Egypt. He wasn't supposed to go into Egypt. In Egypt, he made more mistakes, but he repented. He got back on track, and he went back to the place where he got off track so he could get back on track again. And sometimes you'll have to do that in your life. If you've gotten off track, go back to where you got off track. Go back to that place where you departed from what God told you to do and get back on track. That's where he went. And guess who was with him? Lot. Once again, they went to the altar of God and Abram, Sarai, all that he had and Lot together, they all begin to call upon the name of the Lord. I want you to see there was a spiritual dimension to this family. And the Bible tells us again in verse 4, Under the place of the altar, which he had made there at the first, and Abraham there called on the name of the Lord. And we know that Lot was with him. Verse 5, And Lot also went with Abraham and had flocks and herds and tents. Look at verse 6, And the land was not able to bear them that they could dwell together, for their substance was great, so they could not dwell together. That is how much financial prosperity they were experiencing from the hand of God. So much substance, so much gold, so much silver, tents, tents, tents. The Bible says tents, it's plural. Livestock, sheep, lambs, cattle. The land could not hold them. Well, the land was enormous. Of course the land could hold them. But the one parcel of land they were trying to live on was not big enough for them. And the Bible tells us, in verse 7, and there was a strife between the herdsmen of Abram's cattle and the herdsmen of Lot's cattle, and the Canaanite and the Perizzite then dwelled in the land. I want to point out in verse 7, the problem was not between Abram and Lot. It was between their employees. This often happens in families. Families have to make difficult decisions because of people that work for them or because of people that are around them. The problem really was not between Abram and Lot but it was between their herdsmen. And the Bible tells us in verse 8, Abram said unto Lot. Here we find Abram taking the lead. That's right. He is the patriarch of the family, and he is the spiritual leader. Lot is in submission to him. And Abram said unto Lot. Abram is exercising leadership, spiritual leadership. Lot is under his spiritual leadership. And Abram said unto Lot, Let there no strife, I pray thee, be between me and thee, and between thy herdsmen and my herdsmen, for we be brethren. He says, we're brothers. There's no room for strife. And not only were they brethren, Lot was the only possible heir for Abram at this time. He wanted to stand a good relationship with Lot. He was a brother and he was an heir. And the Bible tells us in verse 9, nine that Abraham made this suggestion. 
Is not the whole land before thee? Separate thyself, I pray thee, from me. If thou wilt take the left hand, then I will go to the right. Or if thou wilt depart to the right hand, I will go to the left. And in chapter 13, verse 10, we find something just packed with insight about Lot. Look what the Bible tells us in verse 10. And Lot lifted up his eyes from his vantage point where he was. He could look out and see the entire valley. He could see the entire region. And he lifted up his eyes to take a look. Now, Abraham has made the proposal, you go one way, I'll go the other. Or if you go the other way, I'll go the other way. But let's not have strife between us. So he gives Lot the right to make his first independent choice. And what does Lot do? He lifts up his eyes. He begins to look everywhere from the vantage port where he was standing. And the Bible says he beheld all the plain of the Jordan. The word beheld means to scrutinize, to view with delight. He really began to survey the environment. He beheld all the plain of the Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, even as the garden of the Lord. Then if you would look at verse 13, and Lot chose. I really like those two words, Lot chose. This was Lot's first independent choice. He was stepping out as an adult, and his first independent choice was a bad choice. It was a bad choice. After he had walked in faith, after he had experienced the protection of God, the material provision of God, he had called upon God. He had been under the good, godly influence of his uncle Abraham. Now he's making his first choices, and his first choice is a bad choice. Maybe you've seen someone make a bad choice, and you're disturbed by it. Well, take encouragement from the story of Lot. But let's continue to look at this verse. And Lot chose him all the plain of the Jordan, and they separated themselves, the one, from the other. Wow. Be careful who you separate yourself from. If you're living under someone's blessing, if you're living under someone's covering, under their protection, be careful that you do not separate yourself from that. If Lot had been wise, he would have said, Abraham, I'm staying right here. I like being under your covering. I like being under your strong spiritual influence. The blessing of God is on you. And when I'm near you, I'm under the same blessing. But he separated. He went in a wrong direction. His first decision really revealed a lot about him. You see, he was from Ur of the Chaldees. And Ur of the Chaldees was a very beautiful place. And even though he had left Ur of the Chaldees, it appears Ur of the Chaldees never left him. Abram had had a dramatic encounter with God that changed him throughout. From the very core Abram was changed. There's no evidence in Scripture that Lot ever had that kind of encounter with God. He was under the influence of Abraham. He walked in faith with Abraham. He experienced obedience with Abraham. But Abraham had a real strong conversion, and there's no evidence that Lot ever had that conversion. Often we see this in our homes when a parent has had a dramatic encounter with Christ and they've raised their kids in church, they've raised their kids in the Bible, they've raised their kids to do right, but their children have never had the same dramatic encounter that they had. 
and so they're not affected in the same way. It seems this was the case with Abram and Lot. Abram had had a dramatic encounter. There's no evidence that Lot really ever had that, even though Lot had been raised to do what was right. Let's continue. Not only that, Lot was there when Abram heard from God. He was there when Abram began to walk in faith. He was there when they all got on camels and began to go into the land of promise. He was there when they came into the land of promise and saw the giant and called upon God and had a revelation. Lot had seen so much of the goodness of God, the protection of God, the blessing of God that was all resting on his uncle Abram. And yet when he was given the first opportunity, he separated himself. He went in a wrong direction. And where did he go? The Bible tells us he went to Sodom. Now that is amazing. Why is it amazing? Look at verse 12. Abram dwelled in the land of Canaan. This is very important because Canaan was the land of promise. So Abraham stayed in the will of God. Abraham remained in the promise. He drew near to the promise of God. He was not leaving the call of God or the promise of God. But Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain and pitched his tent toward Sodom. Well, Sodom was a wicked, wicked place. Why in the world would he pitch his tent toward Sodom? By the way, pitch his tent means he didn't just barge right into Sodom, but he pitched his tent in the direction of Sodom. In the evening, he could sit under the flap of his tent and could see the lights of Sodom in the distance. He could hear the sounds of Sodom. He could probably smell the smells of Sodom. And every day as he sat under the flap of his tent, looking in the direction of Sodom, it pulled on him until he kept moving his clo tent closer and closer closer and closer and closer until finally he was right in the midst of Sodom itself. And that's the way that sin works. People that have been raised right, they don't just barge right into sin, but they go there one step at a time as they coax themselves into believing it's okay for them to leave where they are and to be in a really bad place. They talk themselves into backsliding really is what they do. Well, why in the world would Lot do this? Well, I'm going to read to you from my notes. The walk of faith had been hard, and the walk of faith can be very challenging. The walk of faith had taken them on very different, difficult routes. The walk of faith required faith. The walk of faith was not always comfortable. The walk of faith was not always enjoyable. And when he sat under the flap of his tent and he looked at Sodom, Sodom was a city of opportunity. Sodom was opulent. Sodom was a place with great entertainment. There was so much in Sodom, and Lot probably convinced himself by telling himself, you know, God wants me to have a good future. God wants me to enjoy myself. I've done a lot. I've already paid a price. I think it's all right for me to leave this hard walk of faith and just enjoy myself a little bit. And he talked himself out of the walk of faith and talked himself into believing it was all right for him to relocate to Sodom. And listen to what the Bible tells us in verse 13 about Sodom. But the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. This was a wicked wicked place. And now Lot, a man who began in faith, ended up making wrong decisions that caused him to be nestled right in the midst of a wicked, depraved environment. Maybe you know someone who's done the same thing. We're out of time, but I'll be back in just a moment, and I'm going to pray for you.
Do you know someone who is making wrong choices? Are there people in your life who have walked away from God? What do you do to help someone find their way back to Jesus? In Rick Renner's series, How to Intercede for People Who Are in Trouble, you'll learn what to do when someone you love needs Jesus. Everyone makes mistakes, but what do you do when someone you know or love continues down a path toward destruction? The Bible tells what to do. Pray. In this powerful series, Rick uncovers the principles Abraham followed to pray for his nephew Lot that saved his life and led him out of sin. Available in digital or physical formats, starting at just $10, you'll discover how your prayers can shake heaven and be effective for those you love. When you call or go online today, you can also get the companion book, The Gift of Forgiveness. Life's too short to harbor bitterness. That's why forgiveness is a gift you give not only to others, but also to yourself. Forgiveness frees you and others to move on without being encumbered by unfinished business. Available for just $7, the gift of forgiveness will help you step into freedom and move forward with God's plan for your life. Don't miss this special offer, How to Intercede for People Who Are in Trouble, and or the companion book, The Gift of Forgiveness. Call now or go to renner.org to order. Get these two powerful resources today. Call or go online now. Friends, this is Rick Renner. Now, right now, I'm in the interior of the Moscow Good News Church. It is quite an amazing place. When you walk through this building, it's so beautiful, and it testifies to the grace of God and the provision of God and the giving of our church and of our partners. We built this facility debt-free, and because of that, the Moscow Church has never had the burden of monthly payments. All of our funds have been released to do the work of the gospel. And now we need to do that in Tulsa, and I call this Phase 3. And I'm asking you today to pray about joining us as part of the giving team for Phase 3, which is paying off the Tulsa facility. And the reason we want to pay it off is because then it will release funds for us to take the teaching of the Bible to the ends of the earth. And dear friend, right now, the Bible is so needed. And I know that that's my heart and that is your heart. And together, we can take the Bible to the ends of the earth. So please pray about joining us for phase three to finish paying off the Tulsa building. And I want to say thank you in advance. Genesis 13 verse 12 tells us that when Lot had the opportunity to make his own choices for himself, he pitched his tent in the direction of Sodom. Sodom was not the place for a man of faith to be. Why in the world would a man of faith locate himself in a place like Sodom? Sodom was so horrible that eventually God wiped it off the face of the earth. And yet Lot moved there and raised his family there in that wicked, wicked environment. You know why? Because he was tired of the walk of faith. The walk of faith had been hard. Huh. Had been walking in the wilderness, following the voice of God, facing giants, facing trouble. They had faced so much in their walk of faith. And I want to tell you that sometimes the walk of faith can be challenging. And sometimes people begin to say to themselves, you know what, I've done enough of this. God wants me to be blessed. God wants me to have money. I'm going to leave where God has called me because this has just been so hard. I've paid my price. I've done my part. Now it's my turn to be blessed. And they leave where God wants them to be and they go somewhere else. The truth is, 
If he had stayed with Abraham, he would have inherited everything. He swapped everything for a little pleasure in Sodom, and it led to the destruction of himself. He seared his conscience. I'm going to show you this in Scripture. And it caused the destruction of his family and even the loss of his family. These were tragic, tragic decisions. Maybe you know somebody making a tragic decision right now. You can help spare them by interceding for them. That's why I'm offering you my series, which is called How to Intercede for People Who Are in Trouble. It's really powerful. And Denise's book called The Gift of Forgiveness. But I want to pray for you. We're all thinking of somebody who needs to start making right decisions so they can be spared from trouble. And Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray for them right now. We pray for your delivering power to snatch them out of temptation. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow, I have so enjoyed the program today. I hope you have. I'll see you in the next program. But until then, remember Ecclesiastes 8.4. It says, where the word of a king is, there's power. Let that word release its power in your life today, and I'll see you in the next program.